By speaking with local creators, artists, and business professionals, Papercut aims to cut deep and demystify the Winnipeg creative industry with hometown heroes and hidden gems. For more than 30 years, the West End Cultural Center has been the best place in Winnipeg to see live music. They support local, national, and international touring artists and are proud to support Papercut Podcast in promoting the local art scene. <gasps> That's us. To keep up to date with all WEC events, check out the events calendar on their website at www.wecc.ca. Or find them on all of your favorite social media platforms. Also, follow Papercut Podcast on all our social media platforms for a chance to win tickets to West End Cultural Center events. Welcome to Season 2. Wait. Yeah? Yeah. The Season 2 premiere of Papercut Podcast. Welcome to the Season 2 premiere of Papercut Podcast. My name is Jared Goche. I'm Olivia Michaelchuk. We're here with Anthony, Tony, you might know him as... Carvello. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Premiere episode. I feel super special to be here now. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, I totally, <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. Thanks, so, guys. Tell us uh, a little bit about yourself, your resume. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Jared and I went to school together. That's yeah. kind of where it started uh, in Creecom. Uh, and then while I was in Creecom, uh, I actually recorded the three beat uh, record in the basement, or one of them, anyways. Uh, and so now I manage three beat. Uh, we own a record label called Fourth Quarter Records. Uh, do a little bit of a podcast, although not as frequent as your guys' podcast, called the Now You Know podcast. We joke we're the Juan Epstein of podcasts, which was like a hip-hop podcast that released like whenever they felt like it. Nice. That's kind of us. <laughs> whenever we get together, we record and talk shit about hip-hop. I'm, I'm okay to curse? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. okay. Yeah. Oh, that's a season one problem. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Okay, cool. Uh, and yeah, that's that's kind of what I'm up to. And uh so going into Creecom, did you always know that this is kind of the route that you wanted to take or did it shift at some point? Uh, no, like uh, we had a studio when I was in Creecom and we were recording, but mainly for fun. It was just kind of a place like a clubhouse in a sense. Yeah. And uh, then after Creecom is when the three beat stuff kind of started taking its hold and then started becoming a lot more serious. And that's when we uh, started running like a studio for profit and like realizing oh crap we actually own a business and we didn't even realize it the studio's in a warehouse am i uh we, we used to be we have we've had a few so like the original one that we had with me and steve my cousin in three pete uh was in the old like uh mci motor coach industries building which was like a warehouse okay i think i had visited there yeah to do i think an article you guys once. Yeah. Yeah, yeah yeah and then after that we got a studio at 333 gary which okay. is like pretty I, I feel like it's kind of a uh, famous place for the arts community. There's a lot of great artists that come out of there. Uh, Toolman was at, working out of there, which is how we met Toolman from a tribe called Red. And then uh, we are now in 75 Albert, which is like above Saint, the barbershop. Barber oh, city. cool. Yeah. So right across the street from Friday nights, kind of in the right in the center of the exchange. Yeah. So uh, do you have any more questions? <laughs> no, that's it. We're, we're done. We're done. Sweet. Thanks, guys. Yeah. Uh, how do you find the studio spaces influence your sound? Or do they at all? Great uh, question. Uh, over time, well, like, I don't think the spaces themselves have, although the vibes, I think, definitely have. You know what I mean? The space that we're in kind of has changed the way that we've created music. So the first one we built, it was just a really tiny room, much smaller than this room, maybe like half the size not that anybody who's listening knows how big this room is <laughs> yeah <laughs> but it was a very small room and and then the second room we we actually uh turned the closet into the recording booth 
because why not, right? Makes sense. Yeah. And this time, uh, we have a much bigger space. So we have a podcast room that is completely separate uh, and then uh, like an A and a B room. So that's great. And also, like, we've we've done some things to soundproof and stuff. So it's really set the tone, like, lights that change colors, you know, all the things that, like, can really set a vibe for a recording session. And that's made a huge difference, I think, in just, like, setting the tone for an evening or, like, whatever you're creating for the day. Oh, that's cool. How many people are recording out of that space? Uh, so the original... Name like, drop. Yeah, Fourth Quarter Records is uh, myself, uh, the guys from 3Pete, which is Egg, uh, Dill the Giant, uh, BBS Steve and uh, Charlie Feta moved in there with us in the last year and kind of joined the label with us as well. Nice. And then um, we also have like a video team in there who actually he just moved out. He's building a studio in his basement. So that's awesome for him. Uh, Dylan Lavely, who's done a bunch of stuff for us, like did the guap video, uh, done a bunch of stuff for Charlie Feta as well. And, and then we have the podcast, which also is Clement. I don't know if you remember Clement yeah, from school. Yeah. yeah. Clement Bedicue, who was like my host for college radio. Uh, he does the podcast with, with Charlie Feta and I. So cool. that's kind of everybody there. But then it's also like a revolving door and an open door for anybody that wants to come come through. Like we've tracked with Celsi, did some vocals in there a little while back. Uh, I'm going to be recording with Gabby pretty soon kind of expanding beyond uh just recording hip-hop because as much as fun that is it's very much in a box so i kind of want to expand my skill set gabby oh say uh, oh great yeah. great yeah. choice yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> amazing and super talented and like been a friend for a long time so it just made sense nice so explain your role a little bit more in uh three p yeah for sure so um i always joke that i'm in a group with um my cousin my barber and my neighbor, so my <laughs> nice. cousin, my cousin. If you ever need to write a book, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I got it, got it laid out. Uh, my cousin is uh, BBS Steve, so he and I have definitely known each other for the longest. But uh, coming in second is Egg. I actually went to school with his sister, and we went to like elementary school, junior high, uh, high school. We all went to the same places, just several years apart. Uh, and then the other guy is Dill the Giant, who lives maybe like ten houses down from me. So that's my neighbor. So um, the, eggs your barber? Eggs my barber. Yeah, oh, cool. Yeah, yeah. that's awesome. <laughs> so if you ever need a haircut, holler at Egg. Yeah, <laughs> good shout out. You didn't mention when we did his podcast that yeah, give you us your resume. He's just like left that out. Yeah, that's huge. That's our our hair must have looked so good that he was like, you know, they're gotta save it. Y'all look yeah. good. Yeah, yeah. y'all look good. <laughs> uh, yeah, he, he works at a modern man over at Garden City, so I'll, I'll name drop and shout him out a little bit so he can go up and visit him. Um, but. Yeah, the, that's the four of them. The, the way I got involved is like we, I did all the recordings for the uh, original stuff, uh, just because I I liked that stuff and I knew how to do it, and uh, so I kind of grew in that role. And then when it came to performing, we needed somebody to play the music because the three of them are all doing it. So I was like, okay, well I guess I can do that too. So I uh, picked up DJing and and started DJing for them. And uh, in doing that as well, I was booking the shows and being the kind of organized one out of the group. I was like, <laughs> okay, I'm the one that checked my emails. All right, I guess I'm the booker, right? <laughs> so uh, I, I started booking all of uh, the shows and I was working in uh, hip hop radio at the time. So uh, it was easy to kind of, you know, suggest, hey, there's this group there, three Pete, if you want to book them for this act that's coming to town. And through that kind of connection, we were able to book a bunch of shows that way and kind of grow. And I'm sorry. 
So do you? Uh, mine is a dumb question, so you can go first. <laughs> I was just gonna say, hip hop radios and that was streets, right? Yeah. Back so uh, that's how I got my stuff. Like I started doing college radio at Red River, uh, and then I, I got in trouble because I brought Clement on as a guest, and he wasn't uh, a student there. Oh. So I was like, oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. There's a little bit of drama, so I was like, all right, never mind this. Let's go to U of W. They don't care if you're a student or not. So we moved the show over there, and uh, Clement and I started doing college radio there. When I finished Crecom, I did my uh, practicum at Streets, and um, at the time they were about to rebrand, and I hit it off with all the all the whole team over there. And when I graduated, uh, they offered me a gig, so I took the job because it made sense, hip hop radio, and uh, I got to be there for the rebranding, and then I was there for two years until they kind of shut the doors. You have a radio DJ name. Did no, it was Anthony it? Carvello. I made the mistake because I wound up on the radio by accident. I was supposed to be promotions. And they were like, hey, you're going to do this. I, I suggested doing like a late night Canadian show where we just played Canadian artists. And they're like, sweet, you get to host it. And I was like, oh, crap. Like, that wasn't the point, right? Uh, so I just started hosting and I started saying my name and then I was kind of stuck with it. Yeah. Now I know why Ace Burpee like used a pseudonym. Yeah, it's like yeah. I'm not. I was never nearly as famous as he is, and still you get a lot of strange Facebook requests after you put your name out there. So now that you know, like, what what would you have done? Come up with something else. Yeah, like know. what? That, you must have something. You had I, some yeah. ideas. I have no, no. I didn't even think about it because it was I, it was too late. Like I was already. <laughs> I can't waste any brain power on that. It was yeah, already. Yeah. I already made the bad decision. Right, right. The bad decision. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, like. Are they just strange friend requests or like were they sending you messages as well? Like all the above. Yeah. Really? And like music too, like people. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. And that that's a big one, too, especially because we were I think like in terms of radio stations, we were definitely the most accessible out of local radio stations. Like if you're going to hit up Hot 103 and be like, hey, can you play my song? They're going to be like, <laughs> yeah, some dude in Toronto does that. You can right. hit yeah. them up. Right. And same thing with the energy or whatever. But for us, like we were programming our own music so they could come and talk to us. And it's okay to say that now that we don't actually have to deal with it. Right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so we kind of touched on this with Feta a little bit. Um, but what do you think of the scene, like the radio scene and the lack of hip hop representation? Uh, I think it's uh, I think it's kind of insane that uh, there's no there's no real hip hop radio in Canada, which sounds ridiculous because one, arguably the biggest rapper in the world is Canadian, and there is no hip-hop radio in Canada and I'm talking Canada not Vancouver not in Toronto Toronto has something but it's not quite commercial radio so when you look at the states comparatively where they have you know New York has several or you know it is bigger bigger popular uh, pop populations in those areas but to have no representation across the entire country is kind of like just leaves me shaking my head especially when you look at all the streaming numbers and all the facts that have come in especially in the last like two three years that it's the most popular genre of music and yet we don't have a radio station that plays it right right and i don't know you, you can look into that whichever way you want right like there's there's cultural things to look into that racial things to look into that and maybe those play into it but it's i think it's kind of a shame because it, it also um makes it a lot harder for folks like me who are trying to put out hip-hop music where do i go right yeah. like where is our lane how can we build something at home when we don't have an outlet to put it to right so our best friends are college radio stations for sure because they have they are allowed to pick their own music which is huge and then you can build personal relationships with them which is also great and it spans the country so 
that's kind of the lane that we've had to uh, go to, but it's a shame that there's not like something that is nationwide. So the the college radio uh, stations that have hip hop focused shows, what are those in Winnipeg? Do you know of any right now? In Winnipeg, uh, yeah. I I couldn't I couldn't tell you the shows off the top of my head. I have like a spreadsheet that I keep of like all the shows across the country. Mm. A spreadsheet. Wow. You are the organized <laughs> yeah. one in the group. <laughs> yeah. We've built that in the last like couple months though, so I won't take too much credit. But it was just one of those things where it was like, how do we get in contact with them? Because there's right. so many, right? Yeah. Like it's not like if, if I was working radio, I would just have to contact one place and they would have X amount of stations and they would service it all, right? Mm-hmm. For this, it's like you actually have to talk to each show even, not so much just the music programmer. Mm-hmm. Because is like I, I don't know if you guys have done college radio before, but like I w- I did college radio and I program my own music, and sometimes the music director would send me something, but I wasn't always like listening to it necessarily, right? Like, so that's the way I look at it. Is like I might be able to send it to the music director, and they could send it to the show, but that doesn't mean they're going to open it because there's no connection there, right? So the most the best way for me to do it is to make a connection with the person who runs the show. Like, send them an email, listen to their show too is huge. Like. You know, listen to it. See what they're doing. See what they're playing. Do they play what you listen to? You know what I mean? Or what what you make? Because then that makes a huge difference, right? Yeah. Those are great suggestions. Yeah. (laughs) So in the instance with Guap, what did you guys do once it was done? It was, like, what was your mainstream of marketing or getting that that song out? Uh, Yeah. So with with Guap, uh, the funny thing about the record is, like, we've had that record since the first uh, 3P project. Like, we made that around the same time. Is the first project okay? Uh, Guap is but, the name of the three-peat album. Uh, Guap oh, is yeah. the name of the single. The, yeah, the single. The, the 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 single that has a video for the second project. Right. Um, and it was kind of a start and stop process to releasing that one. So we um, we put this song out. Uh, the way that we worked it, um, it was when we were in Europe. I had the opportunity to meet a gentleman who does rap playlisting for Deezer, which is a streaming service that is really popular, uh, particularly in France. And uh, he he was doing a talk at one of the conferences we were at. And then he happened to be at the bar afterwards. So I sat down and we were just talking. Hey, tell me about Deezer. Like, what's the deal with Deezer? And he kind of broke it all down and how, you know, like that they're really big in France and that they're expanding. And like Brazil's a pretty big market for them now. And like, Mm -hmm. although we don't hear about it a lot in North America, it's still available, blah, blah, blah. And we were just like, I was just legitimately curious. And I was like, okay, cool. How do I send you music? Like if I have music and he gave me his email. So I was like, great. Uh, when we got back, we were getting ready to release Squat. That's when I sent the email. Like, basically a shot in the dark at this point. Like, hey, yeah. remember me? I'm the guy that you met in the bar that one time. <laughs> like, <laughs> We have this record. If you like it, let me know, right? I think it would work on these playlists. That's another thing, too, is like, I listened to, I got a subscription to Deezer, listened to it, sent him the link that is on Deezer, not to Spotify or to Apple Music or whatever, which like sometimes I think people do. And it's like, so I sent him the link to it on his streaming platform. And I was like, hey, I think it'll work in this playlist or that playlist. Let me know. And he was like, yeah, I think it would work in those playlists. And I think it would work in like the number one hip hop playlist. And I was just like, no shit. Nice. Okay. Yeah. Dope. <laughs> you know, like that's fantastic. That's cool. Yeah. So that really helped uh, push that record, I would say. And like, that's probably why you see stronger numbers on that record. Even in Spotify, you see stronger numbers yeah. on that record. And I would, it's probably just like spillover because I think nowadays, I don't know about you guys, but like I have an Apple Music, a Spotify, 
a Deezer account. Mm-hmm. And uh, I don't have title at the moment, but I think I'm going to get it again. Whoa, so, interesting. Yeah. Is that a business write-off at this point? Yeah, I probably yeah. could. Yeah, I probably yeah. could. Yeah, that's a good <laughs> idea. That's actually. a lot of services should, to pay for. <laughs> well, like the way I thought of it is like I used to buy music a lot, right? So yeah. I was buying CDs, you know, a couple CDs a month. So to spend 20 to 40 bucks on CDs, that was, you know, a budget that I, I would say I had. So now if I spend $10 a month four, four times... I spent 40 bucks on CDs. Same same kind of plan, except I get all the music that I want. Yeah. So that's the way I look at it. So now with that knowledge, do you find physical releases a little bit harder to get people to buy a physical, you know, album, single, whatever? 100%. Like, yeah. um, we did the three-beat release uh, back in 2016, and we uh, made CDs, a bunch of CDs, and we made shirts. And the shirts outsold the CDs like two to two or three to one hmm. and it was a cd release party right? yeah <laughs> <laughs> and the funny thing is like before that point and the reason why we made a cd is because we never had any music anywhere online like it was just you want to hear a three-peat song you got to go to a three-peat show mm-hmm. because we just i don't know it was just a thing we were doing we didn't take it that seriously right so um we finally put out the cd and people were more interested in buying the shirt and they're gonna stream the music or whatever right? or they're downloaded off soundcloud or whatever so that was a big learning curve for us to be like hey i think cds are dead you know Mm -hmm. like they're they're not really when's the last time you guys bought a cd do you remember the last all the time yeah i buy the old ones like not gonna lie like second hand i just bought a big uh big shiny tunes a couple weeks ago Big Shiny Tunes 6 (laughs) great for the car yeah exactly (laughs) compilation well yeah i think when i uh when i had a car more it would be like when I go to a show, I'm just gonna because it was like a Cavalier or whatever. So it's just yeah. like I don't have anything else to plug into here. Like right. I have to get a CD. I mm-hmm. like CDs, holding them and like mm-hmm. you get to read all the stuff inside. Oh yeah, I yeah. do it mostly for local bands though. Mm-hmm. And but I now think... people are doing tapes too, which is like yeah. now I got to go buy a tape player. <laughs> <laughs> which you will. Yeah, I did. <laughs> well, I did yeah. because I got like tapes but it's just like now that's not like a five dollar tape it's a fifteen dollar tape because i gotta go find a tape player and you can't get them at thrift stores anymore people are buying eating those up now yeah, yeah. buying them up yeah we, we yeah we definitely started doing the tape thing a little while as well we partnered uh with a dude by the name of crab skull who like produced a bunch of on, on eggs record okay he's got uh, a company called tape itch records so uh fourth quarter and him we've partnered together to do tapes because like i said realizing that cds are dead and as much as we buy it i feel like people are buying it more to support than they are to listen to these days Mm. like they're just buying it because they're like yeah here i'm going to support you guys so with that in mind we're like well why don't we make something cool uh so the tape was like hey this is kind of cool like it's fun to make because it's like you get these two sides and then the way that you you can do things on tape is pretty fun and it just added a layer of like novelty in a sense uh, to creating things, and we like to make things. So it just became, why don't we just do this? Because if you're gonna give us five bucks, ten bucks, I'd rather that you take something and you're proud to have it and it feels cool to, mm-hmm. to own than just to do it to do it, right? So as much as you're gonna buy my CD and then just slot it away in your in your uh, you know your bookshelf or whatever. Uh, why not buy this tape that kind of looks cooler sitting on your your shelf than this CD that you can't even tell what it is. And with that in mind, like we're looking towards vinyl uh, for the next release just because Mm. same kind of thing. It's like the novelty is there because 
who, you like making things. I like I love making things. So now I get to make it at like such a larger scale. Yeah. And then also, like we're DJs, we love vinyl. Like <laughs> there's something about it that like is is pleasing about you know taking it out and like putting it down. There's like a ritual to it, right? And I think that that's an important part of connecting with our listeners and and our fans is like we want to be a part of that ritual with you the same way that like you get amped up to come out to a three-peat show we want you to ha- like have that same experience by yourself when you listen to our music as well that's a good way of looking at it yeah, yeah. talking about three-peat there's four of you though right <laughs> yeah Ooh. so do you ever get <laughs> like <laughs> do you ever get like people like you show up to a show and you're like yeah we're three-peat and like who's this guy like Always. which one of you is not in the band <laughs> yeah, yeah. one of you has got to go yeah <laughs> yeah that, i love that like i revel in those moments when like i get to walk into a like there is a, a local booker who booked us and i was there setting up i'm always the first one there because i have all the gear right so i'm setting up everything and the booker is like yeah i'm so excited we got 3p tonight I'm like, oh yeah, <laughs> and they're like, yeah, you know, like it's it's so I'm so stoked that we booked them. They're gonna be so great. They're so great live. And I was like, have you seen us live? And she's like, oh yeah, I've seen them live before. And I was like, she had no idea who I was. You know yeah, what I mean, like, and I'm sitting there talking to her. I'm like, you know, I'm the one that was on all the emails, right? Like, well, I was just like, okay, all right, that's fine. <laughs> so I just played it up, and I'm like, yeah, man, it's gonna be a lot of fun. Like, yeah. it's it's gonna be a blast. Uh, but so it's like those moments I really do take pleasure in because it's just like it, you kind of can see people's real motives in, in things and and also like you ever talk shit be like no no, no they're not that good no <laughs> <laughs> no maybe next time I will I'll be like I don't know about those guys yeah. <laughs> I heard they're really rude they don't show up until <laughs> yeah. after I mean come on they don't buy yeah. lunch for their manager <laughs> yeah uh, but I, I think it's fun. And, like, a lot of people will be, like, uh, like at the merch table the other day, somebody came up to me, and they were, I was like, yeah, we're going to be on at, like, 11. They're like, you're in 3 feet? And I'm like, yeah, yeah, I'm the DJ. And she's like, oh, I didn't know there's four people in 3 feet. And I'm like, yeah, no, it's it, it's fine. You're not supposed yeah, to. It's you know? a terrible, yeah. terrible name. Yeah. I know. <laughs> I was supposed to be in the back always. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I, I think I've just become more of a member as we've grown. Yeah. But realistically, it was about them three, and it, and it still is, in my opinion. Yeah. And yeah. you're okay with I'm that. totally cool with that. I love it more to not that you don't know who I am. As much as now... And you don't have to come up with a name either. Yeah, and I can just do my name. My name is my name. I don't need, you know, a fancy uh, uh, abbreviation like egg, you know? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> did you help any of the guys come up with their names or did they just organically... Uh, this was my stupid question before. It was about names. Oh, like, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, That's dumb great. in the context, we were talking about serious stuff and I'm like, let's talk about names. <laughs> Uh, rap names are pretty funny usually though. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um Egg Egg was going by uh Raphael for a little while and then he made the switch back to Egg cuz he was called Egg for a long time. I didn't have a lot to do with it. Uh and I but I do remember when he was like it's elevation for the greater good and I was like word. <laughs> <laughs> like yeah. Uh Dill the Giant has always been Dill the Giant ever since I known him. There's not a whole deep story other than if you ever met Dill, he's a really tall dude. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh and then um Steve, I de- I definitely did have some uh influence in Steve's name now being BBS Steve cuz it was like dog you you can't just be Steve. Because I'm just Anthony. And yeah. I'm like, if I Google work. Steve, like, what's gonna come up? Not you, man. Like, two normal yeah. names. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot more Steves that are more famous than you, you know. And <laughs> so he's like, "Yeah, we got to figure something out." So um, he was producing by Beats by Steve. Oh. So now it's uh, 
BBS Steve. So it's Beats by Steve Steve, I guess. But. Beats by Steve Steve. <laughs> I like it. Yeah. Steve Steve's a good name. Yeah. There's not a lot of famous <laughs> Steve of, Steves. No, that's true. Yeah, there's definitely <laughs> it might be Steve Steve. Yeah. yeah. So, did you want to ask? Now that we're on the topic, do you want to talk about names a little bit more? That was, oh, yeah, that was well, it. that, that, that was, was the okay. talk about it. Well, we okay. got it. But, okay, so, like, are those, are those cool names? Are those cool? Uh, like, <laughs> not those ones I, I in particular, know. but like, are there ones that are just like people that just have like not good yeah. ones? Bad and you names? think that you're just like, or, yeah, as a managerial position, you're just like, man, they need to switch that. I guess you not even that with locally. Steve. Yeah. Yeah. Around. Just call out the bad ones and maybe even call out no, some of the good ones. Call them out. <laughs> just call them out. But how <laughs> important is it when you're trying to like uh, sell? I a... think, I think in this day and age, it is important uh, in terms of searchability like as much as you want to argue with that or whatever like artistic integrity or whatever it's like uh six nine for example who like was one of the biggest rappers for the last year he the reason why he spelled his name funny was you know for searchable reasons right? yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> and the whole thing i don't know if you like it, it was all very orchestrated you know what i mean like his yeah his, his whole is movement. like number six i x number like yeah. the number nine yeah I N E. Yeah, 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 yeah. Ex- ex- extension or whatever, right? Yeah, like, yeah. There, yeah. There's there's games that are being played for searchability, right? Like mm-hmm. you're making your name mm-hmm. strange enough that uh, that's the thing. And, and like I think that was kind of why we went with such generic names, like me and Steve originally, is because we both need, we're both types of like just bulk at what's happening in popular culture, right? I'm just like, yeah, whatever. My yeah. name is my name, right? Like, yeah. And, and but then realizing that, like, ah, uh, maybe that's not the best like, <laughs> choice. Yeah, you know? business decision. Yeah. Here. and like I've rebranded too. If you find me on social media, it's like Tony Fourth Quarter. So now it's like at least I have a a thing you can search because that yeah. was my thing too. What are you going to do? Search my real name? You might find my real like my real life, and I don't know if I want you to find. That. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> your LinkedIn profile. Yeah, well, you'll find yeah. my like LinkedIn profile. Maybe pictures of my kids. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like I don't know if I want all that out there. Uh, I do want to talk about Rap Dad. Yeah. You're wearing a Rap Dad sweater. Rap Dad sweater, yeah. Uh, How has being a Rap Dad changed your rap game? <laughs> yeah. Let's talk about rap game, too. Yeah. Uh, it, it's It's been fun. Um, it's The reason why we made the first three-peat record uh, was because I was about to have a kid. And I was just like, hey, guys, like if we don't do this now, I don't know what my life is going to look like when this is over. So... Like, I don't know if I'm going to still be doing this or what it's going to be, right? So let's just make this and be done, right? Like, at least we can say we made something. So that was kind of like what spurred on um, making that record. And then come uh, Alverstone, I remember listening to like the Alverstone Masters in the tunnel of Women's Hospital as I'm walking to go get coffee. I'm going to tell my wife, like, uh, I'm going to go get us coffee. I'll be right back. Meanwhile, I just checked my email. I got the Masters back. So I'm putting my headphones in and I'm like, <clears throat> Okay, that one's good. No, that one needs work. Like <laughs> figuring it out. And you got and some shout outs in that too, right? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. We made that one like in our in our basement. Like I I've told this story before, but like Egg was having a rough time at that time. And we went for a drive and uh he just looked at me and he's like, Yo, I wanna make a record. And I was like, Yeah, let's do it. <laughs> and he's like, I wanna put on my mom's birthday and I was like, Yeah, let's do it. <laughs> I was like, Wait, when's your mom's birthday? And it was like maybe four weeks from (laughs) where we were at and i was like oh a word (laughs) and i had a uh, a child that was due like in that time frame too so i was like i'm gonna be have i'm gonna be having a baby and i know what that's like now i'm gonna be off the grid at least for a couple weeks and we have like three or four weeks to make an entire record that we haven't started yet 
So it was it was definitely a moment, but um, that's why I think the bond between Egg and I has been really close. Is that I was like, okay, if we're gonna do this, then I need you here this day, this day, and this day after I put the kids to bed. And he's like, word. So I he, I would leave the door open. He'd walk in. He would eat because I'd make supper. <laughs> he'd eat downstairs. I'd be like singing ABCs or whatever to my daughter. We'd come downstairs and we'd go make a record in the basement till like one or two in the morning. Well, and then we'd sleep, uh, you know, sleep and then do it again. And I, I distinctly remember my wife like yelling at us because we'd make it. And, and like a big thing in hip hop after you make a record is you got to car test it, right? Like, what does it sound like in the car? <laughs> <laughs> if it doesn't knock in the car, then you, you don't have a record, right? Yeah, yeah. So we, we would make it and it would be done. And we're like, okay. Bounce it out. We're gonna take it to the car. So we'd bounce it out, and we go to my car in the front, and we'd be playing it. And then I would get a text from my wife: "Can you shut the fuck up? Like I'm trying to sleep. <laughs> <laughs> like summer nights, and the and the door and the windows open. Like all right, yeah, sorry. So we started driving around the block <laughs> when we car test. So, but yeah, I, I think um, it's really informed a, a lot of of what we do, and it was a big point uh, for me to be like. Um, I'm going to do this. You know what I mean? Because a lot of people, when they have kids or whatever, they kind of get out of that weird, uh, you know, uh, I guess, hobby that they're into, right? Like, whatever it is, whether it's making music, whether it's, you know, the softball team or whatever that it is that you, you spend your extra extracurricular time in, having kids kind of eats into that. And it was a conscious decision I made with a conversation with my wife that, like, hey, I kind of want to keep doing this. And, like, it's it's important. And she was like, yeah, let's do it. So, uh it's been a, a thing where like no i have to do it you know what i mean and like as as tough as it is i have to make sure that i can make it work and it's a point of pride to make it work uh with having kids you know what i mean it's it's kind of one of those things it was like yeah yeah i have two kids and i'm at this show you know <laughs> like, yeah it, so that's kind of how rap dad started because people would like joke when they'd see me out you know at 12 o'clock on a wednesday night being like rap dad you're out and i'm like yeah man like you know still got to be part of the scene so it's it's very important uh, part I think and one of those things that like I've just leaned into I'm like why fight it just embrace it you embrace know yeah. so, put, it so, on a sweater. <laughs> put it on a sweater you know <laughs> I mean why not so so we're yeah we're gonna put out some rap dad merch because as I get older I know a lot of rap dads you know yeah, yeah. <laughs> there's a bunch of us out here so we're gonna we're gonna start doing that there's a few people who saw my hoodie and were like I want that and I just bought it for my birthday for myself so I was like, yeah, sweet. I'll make a couple of these for my friends. Why not? Mm-hmm. Nice. Brought nice. cookies today, which Brought was cookies. really yeah, nice. He, he, uh, we both walked in at the same time. Yeah. Anthony had his keys in his mouth, his McDonald's and his cookies. I was like, oh, soccer mom on the way to yeah. the yeah. gig. And then it's like, no, no, rap dad, rap dad. <laughs> rap dad. You got to correct me there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Rap dad. So yeah. do you find that fatherly presence kind of goes over into the group? Like, oh, like, yeah. Oh, spreadsheets. Like, yeah, spreadsheets. <laughs> yeah. Making snacks for the guys before they go on totally like, yeah 100 orange slice yeah 100 <laughs> like you'll see like if you if you're at a three-peak show next time and you watch you'll see me like run to the bar to go get water or <laughs> you know like I, I, that's what i do like I, I joke with the guys all the time it's like as much as maybe you don't see me as a creative the way i'm creative is i facilitate creativity right so i'm here to just facilitate it to make sure that everybody's taken care of and everything goes well so that we can make something creative together so that's kind of in that that was my nature before I had kids. Now it's probably like tenfold, right? Now I want to take care of everything. But um, I think that's a strong role. And like, especially when we're on the road and stuff, like we were out in Europe together and like they're laughing at me because I brought like a huge tub of vitamin C pills and I'm like, yo, take these every day. <laughs> <laughs> and like all these, you know what I mean? I had the kit like, 
a first aid kit if somebody got hurt. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, <laughs> I got to take care of the team at the end of the day, right? Yeah. Can yeah. we talk a little bit quickly about that trip to Europe? Mm-hmm. And for most of them, that was their first, like, mm-hmm. or all of them? All of you? Uh, first trip first, across the... First trip to Europe for all of them, except I've been before. My family's from Portugal, and they have a place back there, so I've gone a couple times. Mm-hmm. But, like, my first time in, like, London and Paris and... You know, all of that stuff. And first time for all of us for, like, playing that far away from home. Mm -hmm. We've played in Canada. Like, we did a little Western Canadian tour out to Edmonton and a couple stops along the way and back preparing for this show. And then we've gone to Minneapolis and back. But uh, this one was definitely longer. It was a lot more days in a row, like, more days in a row than we've done before. We were out for two weeks. Uh, So a lot more planning, especially, like, on my part (laughs) of, like pardon me uh logistics like uh, it was a really tough one to wrap my brain around of like okay so we got to be here then we got to be there then we got to be here and there and then like how do we get there where are we staying you know what i mean like all of those things uh but uh, the funny thing that i realized like afterwards and that i tend to do is like i don't really talk to them always about what's happening like i'm just so busy doing it yeah yeah and they don't really ask a lot of questions you know what i mean they're not like where are we going and what are we doing they're just kind of like yo tony's got this we're good <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so like as we're driving to the airport and he's like yo so where are we going like what are all the places that we're going to like people keep asking me and i don't really know and i'm like oh man we're going (laughs) (laughs) so yeah that that was fun and then yeah just making it all happen i think was a really a blast for all of us to to share that moment together and like the best part and like one of the the things i'm very prideful of is that uh we never really argued the whole time we were out there like nobody got into any fights which is tricky because like some sometimes we're all sleeping in one room sometimes we're you know two to a room or whatever like so you're up on top of each other at all times you're you always have to perform together at the end of the day for the yeah, most yeah. part like so you're tired you're traveling all the time you know like you've been away from home there's a lot of things that like you can yell at people you you live every day with over stuff like that right so for us to not get into any arguments the entire time i think that's a testament uh to the guys and like why it works for us you know my favorite part of that trip was the the stories that were like oh. crib style like <laughs> and here's a cat that lives with us and like carrying the cat around to all the rooms and stuff like oh man that was good shit yeah yeah it was that, so funny that, that's probably like the the highlight anytime we get to go away together is like when we're home we don't actually hang out that much right like that was another question <laughs> i was gonna yeah ask. we don't we don't really like we will have our days that we plan to be together but for the most part like we're all kind of doing our own things or like we even when we're working on a record we might track individually depending on people's yeah, schedules really? you know occasionally we don't i don't like to do it they don't really like to do it either like it's better when we're together mm-hmm. just for creativity especially like when you're writing in such a creative like uh not creative but collaborative way not to say they're not creative i guess <laughs> <laughs> but in such a collaborative way um i think it's important for us to be all in the same room together because like it, you can catch a vibe right and like uh, songwriting especially is about catching those vibes together when, when especially when you got to perform them all together so like Steve might make a beat and then the guys will just like start mumbling something uh, you know how the flow will go right mm-hmm. and then so somebody might hear that mumble and then start adding the words that go there right and then oh we got a hook you know who wrote the hook I don't know who's in the room right yeah. like <laughs> yeah. that's who wrote the hook so that's why those moments are important for everybody to be together I would say so here's something that add or like about that 
are their styles bleeding into one another? Is it sometimes better when they are writing separately because then they have their own personality in it? Like, does the room mm -hmm. take away from that individuality? And, like, when it has to be cohesive and, like, some the way someone's flow would have worked with this song is completely different, but they changed it for another member or something. Yeah. Like, does... Yeah. What do you prefer or, like, what do they prefer in that, in terms of, like, creative process? Um... Like, Egg, especially, is one to create by himself. Like, when... Like, he's put out three projects now. Solo projects. And, like... Which are all amazing. He's so good. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm a big fan. Yeah, me too. <laughs> uh, he's also a great barber. <laughs> <laughs> um, but um, the, the thing about Egg is, like, he works well on his own, right? Like, that's where he is the strongest. He's also a b-boy, right? Like, that's where his roots are. So in that, uh, I, I see a lot of that kind of shine through in the hip-hop in that, um, like, b-boy is all about practice, right? Like, you don't get good without practice. And one of the thing, the, like, corny lines I say to the guys all the time is, like, every uh, even ninjas got to go to the dojo, right? Like, everybody <laughs> needs practice. <laughs> so, <laughs> Makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> so, um for, for Egg, it's like he's used to that internalized practice. So, like, especially with b-boying, as much as it is a group endeavor, you're kind of, your practice is on you and you can do it on your own. And that's what Egg kind of brings to the table. So, when we're working on Alverstone, for example, which was, like, pretty much him and I in my basement for two weeks or whatever, was, like, he would come over with the song written. Not only written, but, like, practiced. He's already you know uh sung it into his phone and has the voice notes of like this is how the song goes mm -hmm. you know so that's that's really important and something I, I suggested like any like musician that's trying to go record things like it's one thing when you do it at home but once you take it to the studio especially if you're paying for studio time and all of that like know how and what it's going to sound like right when egg walked into that room he knew what the song was already mm -hmm. he knew all the little like uh, intricacies right of his voice and like I'm gonna pause here or I'm gonna have inflection on this line right and those are the things that is a huge difference from I just wrote it and I'm gonna read it off my phone as I sing it into the microphone versus I've had this I've already practiced it I know this song I know what I'm saying right and I think that's one of the things that makes Egg great is that you get to feel what he's saying because of that practice it's that like so in. internalized yeah it's very it's it's not it's not even like he doesn't need to look at his phone to, to say it anymore because he knows the words already right mm -hmm. like it's already a, a song to him so that's like the the strongest thing about egg and like one of the things i've noticed about him he, he works well by himself so the alberstone is like him and i in a basement locked in uh 1873 is him and rainy locked into rainy studio for that time right uh the one with lato was like him and lato uh, locked in and then they brought it to me to mix because uh just just to help clean things up right mm -hmm. so that that was a fun process too to kind of get everything at the end be like okay cool this is what you made while you were gone right so is it hard to make suggestions to him <laughs> when uh, you're like like if he's saying something and you're just like that just doesn't sound good but it's so like meticulous and he's decided that's how it is is it harder to come to him and say like i don't think it's Right. Or do you just not do that um, usually? Me, me and Egg have a good relationship, like, in the sense that there's trust. There's a lot of trust there. Mm -hmm. And I, we built that, I would say, in recording Alverstone together. Because there'd be times where I'd be like, yo, how about if we did it like this? And he'd be like, I don't know, you know? And I'm just like, well, if it, if you don't like it, we'll just undo it, you know? Because the, the other thing about when I create is, like, it, an idea is cheap, right? They come and they go. So I'll give it to you. If you like it, great. Take it. If you don't, I don't care. You know, like it doesn't affect me. It's not tied to 
my ego because it's not my project really that's going out right mm-hmm. like this is just an idea i had so, so a lot of times i'll be like yo what if we did the drop here and you'd be like yeah i like that or what if we keep this one but move it over there oh no i don't like that let's put it back so we just put it back right mm-hmm. so and i think in that relationship he's kind of learned a little bit of give and take and 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 is more apt to like taking suggestions but also knowing that like i have a vision and i'm gonna see it through and that's what's what's great about him steve on the other hand like is like he's, he works very well collaboratively right that's where he uh kind of flourishes is like if you look at the stuff that he's been involved with he produced all the three beat stuff uh so that really gives uh the three beat uh, situation it's vibe you know mm-hmm. uh it, it's fun because steve that's he's what steve fun. brings right on stage he's like <laughs> yeah. everywhere he <laughs> yeah. finds the camera too what yeah. a <laughs> yeah yeah he, he, he can he, see him yeah yeah he, he has like a patented move where he like hops back on one leg yeah 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 <laughs> <laughs> look for that next time you see him but uh he, he he's that's what he brings the, to the, the steve to steve the, hop yeah, yeah, exactly. Steve, 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 Steve. <laughs> <laughs> he brings the fun. He brings the vibe. Yeah, you know, yeah. like he brings the party to, and that's why like three peat records end up being party records. Whereas like the egg records maybe are a bit more introspective. You know what I mean? That speaks to more egg style. Whereas Steve style is like it, it is collaborative. Like he does like having a few people in the studio to make something together, right? Mm-hmm. So his his projects, it's like he he's done all the three peat stuff. He's produced for Fed on this last project. Uh, he's worked with Dill on this his upcoming project where he's done all the beats, right? And it, it, when Steve's producing, he's also like helping write. You know what I mean? He, oh, the hook should go like this, or you should maybe sing it like this. Like at the end of the day, Steve's really grown into being a producer and mm-hmm. not just like mm-hmm. a beat maker, a guy who's like, you know, this is how the drums go. He's more like, yo, we should sing it like this, or then we're gonna do that. Like he's actually orchestrating the whole song. So that's that's where like you see. Uh, him really exceed and he's got a project that's going to be coming out very soon with uh, Toolman from a tribe called Red and the two of them like to see them interact as well because it's like two producers as well so it's like that's a big learning experience because now Steve just gets to be the rapper it's always like I'm the producer and the rapper which is like that's taxing creatively right like, yeah you're having to do double duty right but this time it's like I get to sit back and just uh, rap and also maybe like add my flourishments to the beat oh yo let's do a drop here or we'll rearrange it this way or whatever right he can do it removed instead of having to do it and then refine it because it's like it's like writing or anything like your first draft is cool but like if you don't do anything after that like what are we doing right like mm-hmm. yeah the, i think that's important i think that's what's lost in like a lot of like mumble rap and like current hip-hop is like it's very much microwave music like Microwave music. Yeah, it's quick. That's interesting. I just wanted to make sure that I understood it. Yeah, no, that's I didn't know if it was like burning a (laughs) red. Yeah, it's quick. Like you make it and then you put it out. You know what I mean? And there's something to that. And like I have no problem with it. And there's a time and place for all music, right? Mm -hmm. And like if I'm at the club and I have a bottle of Henny in my hand, I'm trying to dance to that, right? But like at the same time, it's like maybe if you were to take that song and let it marinate a little bit longer, Maybe the flavors would be a little bit better, you know. Just saying, maybe. Like that's oh. a good like. Yeah, metaphor. you're doing great. <laughs> These fantastic. food rap metaphors are Net- excellent. Wow. I hang out with a lot of rappers. Yeah, yeah. yeah I can tell. <laughs> um, so before we wrap it up, I wait. Want... We didn't talk about Dill. Oh yeah, yeah, oh yeah, oh yeah. D- there's like, three. Dill, yeah, there is. There's, there's four. Three. <laughs> four. And uh, the the fun part four about Dill is he he <laughs> four feet. Yeah, that's our our group chat name. Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Dill, Dill's uh, getting ready to put a record and uh, the way Dill creates 
is is uh, different as well in the sense that like he creates quickly like um it's like it's marathon sessions almost like i can get three songs out of dylan one night but then i might not get anything for a month right but then you might get the, you know four songs the next time you hang out together because they like when it comes it comes quickly and like lyrically in the last little while like the stuff that is coming out is just phenomenal like i've just laughed because i'm like do you even know what you just said like do you understand how brilliant what you just said is? <laughs> and he and like sometimes he does and sometimes he's like yeah like <laughs> you're right it, it is that crazy like but he to him it was just like it was a so much in the moment like he's one of the best like off the top of his head like there's songs that we've made that like we just put him in the booth and he just got kept going and going and going and was like man if we cut that up there's a hot song in there like yeah and that's that's how he creates he, he creates well with uh with guidance as well like um he's more concerned about his job and not so much about the music we're like steve is is about the music because he's making it mm-hmm. uh egg is a producer as well so he he is a bit more concerned about like he, he has a full vision for the song whereas dylan's like i'm a rapper and i'm here to rap Mm-hmm. So he's like, if you want to do that, cool. If it sounds better, great. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? But like, I want to rap. And I'm so all rap. together, it's just like a golden combination. Yeah, the three of them together is like, it's the most fun. Like, that's when you see the, the, the most fun records come together, you know, is when you get the three of them in a room. The trick is like catching all three of us in a room or all four of us in a room. Right. And being able to create something that night. Right. Like, yeah, because it's it's like, A, you have to get us all together. B, we have to have something that we all catch a vibe on. And then C, we have the time to finish what we started, right? Because it's also a thing is like, if we don't finish a record once we start it, Lord knows, you know, like we've had, we have a few of those that like half written records that were just like, it was, they sounded great at the time, you mm-hmm. know, that they're fantastic. And cats that were in the studio with us when we were making were like, yo, whatever happened to blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, man, who knows? <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> That's a moment in time, you know, like, glad you like that one, but, like, that one's gone. Yeah. Yeah. So, are you, do you find them, like, talking to themselves a lot? Or, like, are they always practicing or always, like, coming Uh, up with something? Like Yeah, like, in the studio, like, if there's a beat playing, like, Steve's making beats almost every day. Like, in the studio, Steve's in the studio, like, every day. Mm -hmm. Like, legitimately every day. That's what, like, his, his, he doesn't have a very big place, so that's basically his living room. Yeah. (laughs) He goes there to hang out, right? So, uh that's that's where he goes and he'll create something most days that he's there right so like he would run through beats when people are in the studio and they'll just be writing especially like charlie feta's like charlie feta's pretty pretty much written to every song that steve's ever made because he'll just be in the corner like yeah yeah and then he has something for whenever the next song is right like or he's got a 16 for whatever he needs it so that's that's a cool experience. a 16 like 16 bars like uh, <laughs> I just want to make sure yeah, that I, I, the people yeah, yeah you don't yeah. want anything to go over anybody's head you're we're stealing your knowledge right yeah now. yeah 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 16 Willfully bars that's like how long yeah. a verse is in hip hop usually yeah. typically in other words it's going over our head <laughs> yeah, yeah. We, we, we're very structured yeah <laughs> like 4 bars 8 bars 16 bars here you go this is the song now so now that we've gone through the whole lineup what does fourth quarter records have planned for 2019 like is there anything you can kind of share off the bat any yeah, kind of yeah. plans uh, the new three beat record is going to be coming out uh, this year um, we got production on there from Toolman with Guap uh, and another joint and uh, it, I mean the, the part we struggle with the record is like it, it is a bit longer than we kind of wanted it to be but 
the same time, it's like it's, it's ready to go. It's something that we're pretty happy about. And uh, the artwork that Nario did for us is fantastic. Oh, wow. So nice. I can't wait to share that part. You know, like Nario's, I don't know if you guys have known uh, Nario in the city. He's like a local artist, but okay. one of the I most talented cats. Like he, he's got a couple of pieces around the city and uh, he's a friend of, of ours. And he was like, yeah, I want to do it. So, like, yeah, okay. Uh, so uh, that's going to be fantastic. Uh, that That's going to be coming out in February. Um, Dill, Dill's got something that he's been sitting on for a little while. I probably played all summer. It's one of my favorite records coming out this, this uh, probably like March, like first, second quarter of the year. And then uh, also on the docket is like the Stephen Toolman record will be coming out at some point. Um, Feta's working on something. Egg's working on something. Um, we, I want to put out something with all of us together. These are like all these things that are trying to, there's like some that are like, okay, we have timelines and dates. And then there's some that are like, okay, this is like for the back half of the year, we'll get there. You know what I mean? But this is the idea for what we have. Uh, also, we're like, we're going to be playing Festival de Voyager with 3 Pete this year, which is exciting. Uh, Snow Dance with 3 Pete this year, which is like, that's, we had such a blast there last year. Like if, if anybody has a chance to go to Snow Dance, like do it. If you have like the, <laughs> whatever it's sold on like three minutes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like if you, if cause it's not to... very big. Right. But it like, the, you'll make friends for probably for the rest of your life. Oh you know, yeah. Right? Yeah. It's like, it's such a blast. My browser then... was a little slow. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> missed up. I missed up. Uh, th- those ones are going to be great. We're going back to Europe uh, again. So oh, nice. Be cool. This year? 2019? 2019. Holy yeah. shit. Yeah, so I we'll mean... be going back to Europe. <laughs> well. <laughs> well my you dad, said we're allowed to curse. Yeah, we're allowed to, but my dad always, when I when I swear on the podcast, he's like, you shouldn't do that. Oh, damn. If my dad advice. listens to all of them, and it's fair. Yeah. He's just like, fair. you are smart, you have an education, you know better words than swear words, so use the proper ones. Yeah. It's like... Yeah. Thanks, Dad. But the the Sorry. counterpoint I always bring to the people who say those things to yeah, me yeah. is like, there's always a time and place for a good shit, you know? Yeah. 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 <laughs> when you just drop it and it's like comedic or, you know what I mean? There's always a good time or and place. Or genuine. Like, yeah. sometimes I'm just like, yeah. shit. Yeah. yeah. Shit. There's I always like, a good time and place. I like doing the, like, the frig or crap. Yeah. It catches people off guard. Like, what? Like, that was like a moment for you to swear and you... You were willingly took crap over shit. <laughs> like, yeah. You opted out. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I did. I opted out. It was a conscious decision to yeah. opt out. <laughs> I made that. Okay. Yeah. Here's a question. Are yeah. you going to be a rapper ever? Never. No, never. Why? Uh, I rapped once in my life. Uh, it was, uh, <laughs> it was uh, when Fife died from Trap Call, no, from um, Trap Call Quest. Uh-huh. Fife died. We had a gig like the next day or the day after. So I was like, yo, we're going to do scenario there's five voices I'm going to rap to. You know what I mean? Let's do it. And the guys are like, you're going to rap? All right. So I sang along. I did Fife's point, uh, Fife's verse, like three quarters of the way. I was like jumping around on stage. I was like, yeah, I'm a rapper now, right? Yeah. Three quarters of the way through, I didn't have any breath left. I was like, (laughs) (laughs) and Steve had to finish like the last. And I was like, how the hell do you? So after that moment, I was a lot more cognizant of like the pacing of our shows. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Because I was like, oh yeah, this this is not easy work out here, hey? Yeah. It's a lot of words very quickly and you're jumping around the stage. Yeah. Uh, So... Yeah, that was my one and only time. Like I might, I might do something like that again, but I'll never write write raps. But you, do you think you could? Uh, like through us, I mean, Moses, I, I feel I like mean. anybody could. But yeah, I don't think I should. Right. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like, do you have like? Okay, here's one other question: Is that like, for 
for people, I I find personally, like when I listen to rap music, there's like a struggle or there's like something, there's like shit that they're talking about that's like serious or they're talking about like money and like all this stuff. So like if I want to be a rapper, what what would I talk about? Like I don't have money. I don't have like struggle. Like what do I like, you know, like what about content? How do you how do people come up with content for raps? Because like I feel like all the cool stuff to talk about, not cool, but I mean like all the major points of rap music have nothing to do with my life. You know what I mean? Yeah, fair. I mean, yeah, fair. Totally fair. But I, I would say, like, it's no different than any other kind of songwriting. So, like, just as much as any other kind of song, what are they singing about, right? Like, that's just hip-hop. The The difference between that and hip-hop is, like, the reason why hip-hop exists is, like, it, come, it came from marginalized places, right? Like, it right. came from places where, like, we didn't have a lot and we just created with what we had. And that's, like, that is fourth quarter records like we when we made things it was just like yo what do we got we got this mic we got that computer we got this like let's figure it out you mm-hmm. know it's very much a diy uh genre and that's something that we take very seriously and like organic I, you you've talked to egg before i'm sure he's dropped that word around as well when you guys spoke with him like right that's something that's very important to us is always keeping it organic as well and that's hip-hop as well so whatever is organic to you mm-hmm. and whatever you want to create that's what you rap about and like and and also the big part about hip-hop sorry uh, olivia's dad but don't give a fuck about what anybody else says. <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> you appreciate know the I mean? apology yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's sincere but like it, you know like it doesn't matter what anybody else says and that's very much hip-hop too is like we, we it's always been like i don't give a fuck what you have to say this is what i have to say right, right? yeah and this is this is what i want to tell you so whatever that is you're good yeah because yeah. i was watching first the history of like hip-hop or hip-hop evolution or something on netflix and i was watching that and i'm like the there is some they are going through some shit like and they're talking about it and also i watched like the carpool karaoke with cardi b and she's like yeah i bought a lamborghini because i want to rap like i want to rap about it and if i didn't actually have one she doesn't have a license but she had to buy these cars (laughs) so she could drop them (laughs) yeah she's like i can't that's a bad financial decision (laughs) so she has seven cars because like She can rap, she can rhyme those ones nice. And she's like, they, these, the names of these cars have a nice flow, that's, so that's why I bought them. Because if I hurts. said I had that, yeah. that's just like flexing, you know? That's a huge flex. Yeah, that is a big flex, but like, <laughs> your business manager must be rolling in his grave. Or like, yeah. just like, yeah. oh, he's already <laughs> he dead. Killed him. Yeah. Yeah. He's already dead. He's still rolling. 21 Savage rapped a lot about, I don't, I don't release cars, I own cars a lot on the last record. And I was like, dog, that's, that's not a brag to me. Like, yeah. stop spending hundreds of thousands yeah. of dollars on cars. You don't like, need to do it. These are not great choices. <laughs> yeah. What are that's, you gonna do? That's, that's the rap dad. That's the rap dad. dad. I was just gonna yeah. say your your the raps rap would be through. just like very like. Yeah, I took my kids to school today. Made a spreadsheet. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, I really I've really planned out Europe this time around. Like <laughs> nobody needs to hear that, you know. Right. Yeah. But if important you wanted things. to, yeah, important that's important things. thing. Like you said, well, yeah. It gives a f- yeah. F- a frig, which you have to <laughs> say. Who gives a frig if it's organic? <laughs> this that's is what Tony wants to yeah. say. Yeah, this yeah. is what I have to say. Yeah. yeah. So we should wrap it up pretty soon. Do you have yep. another sure. question? Well, yeah. I just want to like, want to know what uh, Winnipeg rap scene is like for like three peat. I think is for me personally the most like out there. Like that's the, pretty much if somebody said hip hop group or rap group three peat. I don't know any other ones really. Well, Super Duty Tough Work is like getting mm-hmm. up there. But yeah, what are yeah. some of your like uh, not even with fourth quarter, but with other la- like labels or independent or whatever. Like, what does the scene look uh, like? Like um, the scene, the scene's 
been around and been healthy for a very long time. I think uh, we came around in a time where there was kind of a lull. Uh, and the benefit about being a group is that we get to touch more people that way. Like in the sense of we all have our own networks that we bring to the table too. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I expect, like, especially if you just look at us, we all look different too. You know what I mean? Like we always joke we're the United Nations of rap, right? <laughs> <laughs> but like we all can touch different communities differently, right? Because the, I, th- I think that's an important part of any kind of art is like being able to see yourself in it. And that's something that 3 Beat brings to the table is like if you're a little Asian kid growing up, you can look at Egg and be like, yo, that guy can do it. I can do it, right? You know what I mean? Same thing with, with any kind of uh, racial thing, right? Mm-hmm. Once you can see yourself represented, it makes it a lot more accessible to you, right? Yeah. And uh, I think that's an important part. And that's an important part of how we've been able to have a bit more of a, a wider impact. It's because we're able to touch more communities just because they can look at us and be like, yo, that's dope. You know what I mean? It's cool that all these folks are getting together to make this stuff, right? Uh, so I think that's kind of how, why it's kind of sparked another flame in, in in the scene locally uh but like if you if you check out our podcast now you know podcast i've been trying to do uh this thing now where we go back and we speak to uh some of the like ogs as we say is like the originators of uh, in winnipeg in, in winnipeg so who are some of those uh, so like um dj bunny was one of the first ones that like we did just because i wanted to talk to bunny and then the response was so good because DJ Bunny, like if you ever ran into DJ Bunny, like I've, you've seen him at everything for so long and like he's always had a, a, a finger in something or you see him somewhere and everybody shows Bunny mad love. So that's a, a big testament to like a person's character, right? Like yeah. if you can walk in any street and everybody's happy to see you, yo, you're a good dude, right? Yeah. Like especially in this industry, like the music industry is full of not good people, so... When you are one name of some, No, I'm kidding. Call <laughs> <laughs> them all out. <laughs> We're naming names in 2019. Uh, but DJ Bunny is is a good a good example. Is like after we did that, people really responded and they're like, "Yo, that was dope." That he like talked about all the history and like how he had a a show back in the day that was like really brought hip hop to Winnipeg. Like mm-hmm. he was one of the cats that really helped build the community here. And so after that, we started talking to other people like DJ Honeycut, who like he gave us a huge platform with the Goodwill but also has like a storied history with peanuts and corn and born in the break and all these other things that he's been involved with throughout the years. And so we're starting kind of to talk to folks who have been around. We got one coming out with bear who like, maybe you don't know who big bear is, but like he's the guy behind a lot of why you saw your favorite rapper. That wasn't that cool at the time, but he was in town. That's because of big bear, you know, like he paid, he put his money on the line to bring that rapper to town. So we're trying to tell a little bit more of those stories because as much as like we get the hype now for being like the hip hop guys that are around, it's like, nah, we have a history and it's actually pretty like rich. You know what I mean? Cats like uh, Magnum KI or whatever. Ishmael is on the radio now at CBC and maybe that's how you know him. But like he could rap, he could rap circles around a lot of people. You know what I mean? Like He is a rapper's rapper. Like as much as he's a nice guy on CBC and he's got a great voice, like he's yeah. been using that great voice, voice for hip hop for a long time, you know, like. And then you got guys like the Lytics who like we like we we're good friends with you know what I mean mm-hmm. that we get to see out all the time and like who've kicked down a lot of doors for Winnipeg hip hop in the sense that like going out to Europe and and doing these things like they've kicked down a lot of doors for us right that made it accessible f- so that when we look at Europe we're, we don't look at it as this uncharted territory we can look at it and be like yo the Lytics did it we could do it too you know what I mean and like. So th- those are important things to do. So we're trying to push the boundaries with what we have to see what other doors we can kind of kick in and work together with the community. Because as much as, you know, it is rich, 
I think that uh, I think a little bit more unity and a little bit more working together, I think we could really like make a big difference. Okay, nice. I got one quick one. Okay. So you're talking about representation on stage. How ready is this scene for like female rappers coming in? Oh, 100%. And are there female rappers in Winnipeg already that are... Of course, there always is. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it, there always is. The, the biggest the biggest thing is, like, how good are you and how dedicated are you? Right. Right? And that and that's what it will really shine through at the end of the day. And, like, there's probably a girl who's rapping in her bedroom right now that is ready to go, but, like, she's too worried to put herself out there or whatever. And, like, that's something that we're very cognizant of, or I'm very cognizant of, with Fourth Quarter Records. It's like, I look at I look at the record label at the, to- at the top of the year this year, and I'm like... Yeah, I got three Pete. I got Charlie Fetto. Wait a second, I got four dudes, you know, on a record label. Like, that's cool. But, like, where else? You know, like, that. that's not yeah. what we're about, really. Like, it, when I talk to my friends, like like Ness, for example, Uncle Ness, who does uh, Studio 393, and he's, he's telling me, I'm like, yo, you should do a show at blah, blah, blah. And he's like, oh, I can't go there. This, the washroom's in the basement, so I can't really hit the stairs. And I have this aha moment where I'm like, oh shit yeah i never thought of that right like these moments that you don't think about where it's like that makes it totally off the table for you right Mm -hmm. like and then so now i'm cognizant of of those things moving forward of like okay yeah i need to think about that and that goes to the same thing working so closely with synonym has really opened my eyes to like how we interact with with other communities that are involved as well it's like yeah we need to reach out to, to to communities like that so in in working with Gabby, it was like one of those things that I consciously made a choice of like, yo, I need to record a female artist in 2019. Like, it's got to happen. Like, yeah, and, and Gabby's good. Yeah, Gabby's yeah. excellent. It's like yeah. the dedication that you're talking about is there, and the putting yourself out yeah. is there. Yeah, and and it's organic. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, it's yeah. not a stretch. I'm not just trying to work with her because she's a female. Because I also think that's super corny when like those things happen. Yeah, like tokenism like, is bullshit. Yeah, I think it's yeah. super whack. My dad right? would approve of me saying tokenism <laughs> is bullshit. So that's why I said it. But yeah, I think that's super whack when it's like you know you get put on because you are something. I think that's like that's corny. And like if I was that person, I would feel some type of way about it, right? Like I don't want to be that. Yeah. So to to work with female artists that I really love and enjoy, like I've been bugging Marisol to, to do something. I've been bugging Keisha Booker to do something. Like let's let's work on some stuff because not only because you're a female, but because I'm a fan. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. And I yeah. want to hear your music. So if I can help facilitate that, like bringing it back to facilitation, like I want to be able to facilitate that. Right. Nice. Yeah. So. Yeah, I, if there's a female rapper and you're really trying to rap, holler at me because I'm down. Like, let's let's do something. And how would you get in contact with Fourth Quarter or uh, yourself? Yeah, we have. There's a website, Fourth Quarter Records. That's where like all the merch lives. I'm sure there's a contact page there, but you can uh, get at me at Tony Fourth Quarter on social media. Uh, you know, Three Pete Fourth Quarter Records. All those things have social media. Kids these days know how the internet works. So you know how to find us. Oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Tony. Yeah, we sorry if I talk on. so much. No, no, no that's the whole point <laughs> of this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We support. need this. We need this. <laughs> if you weren't talking, this wouldn't really be that cool. <laughs> but, awesome. uh... Okay, this is speaking of not cool. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Here we go. Uh, thank, thank you, you for, for cutting, cutting deep, deep with, with us on Papercut, Papercut Podcast. Podcast. Thanks.